Well, here we are right at the beginning of May. And as you may or may not know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So every month is Mental Health Awareness Month for me. <laughs> it's the field I work in. It's the field I'm passionate about, about trying to use my gifts to help bring health to you and your friends and your family. And of course, I'm passionate about the gospel. So I always weave in gospel scripture because God wants you to live a life that is healed and whole. So I want to begin this very special month where maybe more in the country recognize Mental Health Awareness Month. How can I be more mentally healthy? I want to begin by letting you know this is going to be an excerpt from my book. The whole world is going crazy, but you don't have to. Scriptural and psychological healing. You can buy the book on Amazon if you want to read the whole thing. Uh, I'm proud of it. I'm happy about it. But I want to talk about a particular aspect of mental health, resilience. Now, why did I write about this in my book? Why do I talk about it? Why do I preach about this? Well, I'll never forget. <laughs> it's kind of a funny story. You would think, Joe, you should know better. You should know all these terms. I remember I was on a college campus. Why? Well, I was actually going to college. One of the things I've done a lot of in my life. And it was the first time I had heard the word microaggression. That was a microaggression. And my ears perked up and I said, oh, okay, I'm here to learn. Tell me, friend, what does microaggression mean? And then they went on to explain something like, well, Joe, it's an aggression that's so small, thus the word micro, that you don't even realize that you're offending somebody. And so somebody's going to be really offended because of a very small, non-aggressive offense. That's right. <laughs> okay. So I thought, you know, wouldn't it be so much better if part of your mental health, and this is what I teach people, right, is how to overcome obstacles and difficulties, how to become strong, how to become resilient. So that's what I want to talk about today, resilience. Now I want to get into this topic by mentioning a little personal story. And I've talked about this before. If you know me, you've probably heard this story. Here it is. I'm going to reveal something very personal about myself. I run. I hate running. <laughs> it's a stupid sport. At least that's what I tell myself when I'm doing it. Then I recover after a brutal run and say something like, wow, that was awesome. And after a few days, I get excited to do what? To go for a run again. Now, it's probably a stretch to say running is the perfect metaphor for life. But I do think it offers some important lessons. You make a plan to do something big and vital. That's the, I'm excited to go for a run part. You put on your shoes and shorts and you hydrate. That's the preparation to do something important part. Then you go running. That's the important thing. But it might also be the thing that causes you much pain. And if in your pain you still recognize that what you're doing is essential and that you need to get back up or keep going, what do you do? Now, you might hit your first wall very early on in your essential venture. It takes me a couple of hundred yards to remember how much I hate running, but I push on. 
<laughs> now, now you might think, wow, Joe, how do you push on after 200 whole yards? Incredible. <laughs> and to think I've been doing this for decades. Now, you might look at some people, whether great athletes or successful in business, and say, well, they just got it. No, they don't just got it, but they may have developed it. And so can you. Resilience is not a fixed trait. You don't either have it or not. It is a learned trait. You can learn it. And why should you? Well, whatever you choose to do with your life, whether it's to grow in holiness, improve your relationships, go to college, or raise kids, you will benefit from becoming more resilient. You must begin by understanding that God created you for a lifetime of change and growth. Scripture and science both support this notion. And to experience continuous growth, you must be resilient. You might think, ah, that ship has sailed. That is too late for you. Not true. Abraham, who God said would become the father of many nations, first heard of this plan when he was about 90 years old. He was about 100 years old when his wife, Sarah, finally gave birth to their first son. Sarah, the younger woman, was about 90. (laughs) And you think today's kids are waiting a long time to start their families. You see, your brain can create new neural pathways throughout your life. This means you can continue learning, developing new skills, and growing intellectually. Wherever you see yourself today, you are are not stuck. Your life can continue to evolve. Science has only more recently come to understand this phenomenon. Scripture, however, has recognized this from the beginning. Literally and figuratively, you can teach an old dog new tricks. Well, just a couple of months ago, I took on the challenge of teaching my faithful dog, Riley, how to shake. <laughs> She's well into her middle years. I now refer to her as Riley, the princess circus dog who can ambi-shake. I know, that's a long, ridiculous name, but well-deserved. She follows me around all day now, high-fiving me with both paws to the point of irritation. I might just teach her how to go back to taking long naps, but enough about my dog. Let's get back to you. In the psych biz, we recognize the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. It's pretty much what it sounds like. You can either grow and develop, develop new skills or believe you're stuck with what you've got and where you are. You may feel stuck, which is understandable, but you are not. Allow me to provide you with a couple, uh, another example of the growth mindset from Scripture. As Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. And he said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. This is from Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 20. They caught fish for a living. They were well-established and probably well into their middle age. Yet they responded to God and slowly developed into preachers and evangelists, who we still read today. Your life can be radically different, filled with purpose and meaning, with God calling you. 
you can continue to develop a more vibrant life. Now, you may have reasons why you think your life can't be different, improved, and experience growth. But you can either listen to the fear in your head and heart or listen to God and begin a new, exciting journey. Let me provide you one more example from Scripture. God called Moses to lead his people out of slavery. Moses had some good excuses as to why he shouldn't be the one to do it. (laughs) Listen to this. On one occasion, after Moses had grown up, when he had gone out to his relatives and witnessed their forced labor, he saw an Egyptian striking a Hebrew, one of his relatives. Looking about and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. (laughs) The next day he went out again, and now he saw two Hebrews who were fighting. So he asked them, why are you striking your companion? But he replied, they replied, who has appointed you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses became afraid and thought, "Uh, the affair must certainly be known. When Pharaoh heard of the affair, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to the land of Midian. This is from Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 to 22. But murder and fear wasn't Moses' only excuse. He also pointed out to God, (laughs) Hey God, did you know that he wasn't good with words and stuttered? He doesn't sound like the perfect person to lead, does he? God thought otherwise. Moses had to overcome other tremendous obstacles as he led people, God's people out of slavery. He had to fight battles against superior forces, sometimes against giants. The f- people frequently complained to him about the harsh conditions in which they lived. Life was so bad that at one point they wanted to return to slavery in Egypt versus moving toward freedom in the promised land. Moses instructed the people in the ways of the one true God, Yahweh. But the people sometimes abandoned their faith to follow gods who promoted child sacrifice and orgies. (laughs) Indeed, Moses had plenty of reason to question his ability to teach and lead, but he persevered and prevailed. He grew. And so can you when you develop the faith and the right mindset. Now, to develop resilience the capacity to get back on your feet and keep moving when life is challenging. You must first challenge what you consider failure. I'd ask that you replace the word failure with setback. You see, failure is an all-is-lost word, where a setback is temporary. A setback is an opportunity to learn. There is no growth without resistance and setbacks. You can train to get back up when you expect to get back when you expect to get knocked down. Some recent research has shown that it isn't beneficial to praise natural talent and ability, but instead to reward persistence and resilience. Those who believe in a growth mindset and resilience are less prone to depression. Why? Because feeling stuck and thinking I've failed, can lead to depression. But when you recognize setbacks are to be expected, you can grow, not despite the setback, but because of the setback. And that can be pretty exciting. Recognize and celebrate growth. 
though it might be natural to stay where you feel comfortable and safe. This is not where you grow and develop resilience. God speaks about this in the parable of the talents found in the gospel of Matthew chapter 5. The master, God, gave out various skills. He then went away. And when he returned, he asked the servants what they had done with the talents. Those who had risked and increased what they had been given were rewarded. But one failed to do anything. He saw that he was given little and chose to do nothing with what he was giving. Fear immobilized him. He was called wicked and punished for his inaction. You have been given talents. You will discover your purpose and meaning in life when you take what God has given you and grow it. Near the end of your life, it is doubtful that you will celebrate a safe life. But if you can reflect on how you risked, how you got back onto your feet when knocked down, and how you did more than you thought possible, that will be a well-lived life lived. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us and persevere in running the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the leader and perfecter of faith. Run, fall, get back up, then run to win. I will meet you back on the road. And remember, always forward.